thank you for joining us for this exclusive interview with the Bishop-elect of Nebi Catholic Diocese. It's been a wonderful uh, season where Nebi has been since 2018 without a bishop, Monsignor Odaga Emmanuel acting as the diocesan administrator. But through the Holy Father, Pope Francis, he appointed Bishop-elect Raphael Wokorach. You're most welcome to this Thank you, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity and for introducing me. Uh, by name, I'm uh, Father Raphael Wokoraj Pemoni, and uh, now you call me Bishop Elept, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, I would like, first of all, to thank God for the opportunity given for you to come and uh, share your conviction about the mission that I'm about to embrace and to share also my opinion about it. I'm very grateful for this occasion. Thank you for joining us. Thank uh, you. Welcome. Yeah. Now I would like to start with first thing first. Someone out there would like to, to know who is Bishop Elect Raphael Wokorachi. I am a priest, Komboni missionary priest. I come from uh, West Nile. These days we call it the best Nile because mm -hmm. that is what it should be. Um, I was uh, raised in Arua, born and raised in Arua. I can explain that later, but ordained in Nebi Diocese in Wadlai Parish as a Komboni missionary. Uh, as a background, I come from a family of 11 siblings. We are 11 siblings. I'm the fourth in the rank. Uh, seven, seven boys. And it's amazing one. And uh, um. you have talked about the family. Yes. And family is very important because in the upbringing of all of us, because it's where we start from. And now, how did the family influence before the, the, the discovery of you being priesthood and then during the priesthood? Well, the family, probably as we grow, we may not capture everything that they teach us, the values and so forth, but at the same time when we grow, then we begin seeing back we capture the meaning of all these things. So I will read it in that perspective. One is uh, simple actions like uh, maybe prayer, learning to say prayer, learning to say, uh, I'm sorry I've done wrong, <laughs> asking for pardon, um, uh, learning to work together. These are simple things which actually build human faith and even Christian communities. So in the family, I believe that those the experiences grounded our life together as a family. Um, when I talk of um, 11 siblings, I must assure, that, uh, assure you that we had also other relatives who were living with us, like um, uh, children of our aunts and uncles. So it was a big family. It was almost like a school. You know, as you grow in rural places in those days, uh, when they say food is ready, you are there, you have to rush because there are many and you have to rush to get your hands washed and so forth. But uh, the beauty of it is that life together where you, you learn how to live with people. Yes, you learn how to live with people and learning other values like work and uh, trying to help each other, being somebody who lives for the good of the other. That is what I believe has uh, helped me to grow very much in faith. And uh, the education that we had, school education, uh, 
during our time in the 70s, the tradition was like mostly in our area there, uh, children from Catholic families, they go to Catholic schools and the others go to the schools, other religions and so on. So I had the chance to experience that in that school, primary school, we had all the educations that uh, were linked to also Christian, uh, Christian life, Catholic life. So it was not only the academic preparation, was not only the formation that you get to get exams done and you're gone, but a, a formation that embraces, that includes uh, Christian growth, religions, and so forth and so forth. I remember when I was in primary five, um, a school called Ragame Primary School in Arua, there was um, the youth chaplain um, for the diocese of Arua. Uh, he organized religious competitions among all the Catholic schools in the diocese. And they put uh, exams based on church histories, some stories in the Bible, and we had that exams. Eh? And I performed without even knowing. I did well. I was given a Bible as a gift, a token. So that was quite uplifting. <laughs> it remained with me as a beautiful experience. And these are some of the experiences that built one and built me also to say uh, there has been moments in which faith was guided, both in the family and also in the school where I was. So the environment favored a lot. Wow, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, mm. Bishop Elliot, what really inspired you to join this religious life? <coughs> I first started my desire to become a priest by going to minor seminary of Pokea, Saints Peter and Paul Arua. I went there. So we had all the four years of secondary school in the in the in the seminary, uh, Pokea, and of course that one at that time I didn't know the difference between being religious, being diocesan, priest was, priesthood was the priesthood. I knew that I wanted to become that. Mm. Aside that, in the church where, where um, I grew up and I was also altar server, altar boy, they used to call it that time, mm. there was a Kumboni priest uh, called John Troy, he was so active and he was very eloquent in the local language, uh, very lively. And most of the preaching that he, he was presenting, it was like, you know, there is life which doesn't end, eternal life. Then there is also life that, that leads to death, you know. In my mind, it was like, priests don't die. Priests don't die. So I thought I should become a priest. I was afraid of death. <laughs> so it attracted me to go, to go to the seminary. Now, when I reached the seminary in the second year, there was a priest who was teaching, well, living in the, in the seminary. He died. He was burned by gas or something of the kind. Joseph Uyuro, I remember his name. And uh, the gas exploded in the bathroom, burnt him badly, and later he died. So I had again to reform, reformulate my, my understanding of what a priest is. Because initially, priests don't die. Now, there is here this evidence. So as I think it happens in lives of many people, the initial trigger may be very shallow or far. But when you are there, 
the demands come, you must deepen. You must deepen now the reason why you're there. And that's what happened. So that is what triggered it. And eventually I remained in the seminary and uh, later I had contact with uh, many other uh, seminarians and priests um, who also inspired me, guided me. But most specifically was uh, Father John Baptist Opargi was also a close friend and neighbor. Um, he was already with the Combonis, he was going to study in Rome. And at a certain point I said, let me write and ask him what he thinks. So he advised me, join the Combonis. As a friend, I joined the Combonis. And besides, you know, the Combonis were so many in the, in the region, in the diocese. So, so many good examples. I remember I went and talked with the one called Father Lino Mick, who was headmaster of Mbachi. I went and talked with, um, uh, he's called um, uh, Satori, who is going to be beatified, I hope, very soon. And some of those great people, I had the courage to go and say, I feel like this, what can I do? And they encouraged me. They put me in contact with the vocation director and uh, was guided through. I was guided through. Yes. Well, it's an amazing experience. You joined, you, you interacted with uh, a lot of people who, who guided you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I believe in life to grow, you need to be guided. You need to be guided. We need uh, to be guided in our choices. Probably, I call it a blessing on my side to seek it and listen to it. Um, we can become presumptuous, we can presume we know we are right, or even we may go to be guided by people who are not the right one for what we are looking for. But I thank God that at least uh, he put in my life, in my path, on my road, the right people to guide me. Yes. So I went to priests who were very much well motivated and they could listen and tell me what they were seeing and they also prayed for me. So that contact was progressive and I moved on like that. So I treasure guidance. I treasure guidance. Yeah. That's, that's good. Now, Bishop Elect, how has been your experience since uh, your priesthood, especially in serving the Lord? My experience. As I mentioned earlier, I can say I've uh, enjoyed my life as a priest. I, um, since my ordination, that is 28 years ago, I don't know where you were, but 28 years ago, I, I was uh, never given a chance to work in Uganda. I never worked in Uganda. My missionary life has been always out. The first one was... Uh, Congo. I was in Congo from 93 to uh, 94 to 2000. And then I went to Togo, West Africa. And then uh, for a while I went to Italy for some courses. And then I was assigned to US. And then from US I was assigned to Kenya. And it is from Kenya that's where now I'm coming back. So I'm coming back to Uganda. I'm coming back home now as a bishop and so forth. So that is the change. But in all these places, the challenges were different, 
but they were really helping to build me also in different ways. For example, in Congo, the challenge was more in terms of um, security and uh, the challenges of poverty in the society that you can't miss the sadness in the face of people. And there's a Komboni missionary that is very central in our ministry. And uh, in that way, I felt I was in a mission that is linked to the charism. It built me. It built my conviction as a Komboni missionary and so forth. And in spite of that um, challenging, tough relationship, I really enjoyed the friendship of all the people, including the confreres. Yeah? I really enjoyed it. And that was quite uh, nourishing. Mm -hmm. I worked also with the youth there, so some of them actually became priests. Some of them, uh, okay, married, they still keep contact. That is about 20 years ago. They still keep contact. Like when this announcement came, I don't know how they got my address, email or whatever. <laughs> then they will greet me. Um, and uh, that was uh, quite interesting. And uh, we had also some nicknames with the youth, so they still call me by that. <laughs> you know what they were calling me? Ninja. <laughs> uh, the reason was uh, simple. Anyway, I, I was sometimes pushing them like a bulldozer and they said this guy must be a ninja to do that so they kept calling me ninja 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 you know i enjoyed it because uh, the parish where i was was a, a town parish kisangani and the neighborhood was a popular neighborhood so people are crowded i, I had a mountain bicycle and my habit was to move around okay so every time moving riding bicycle, then every children, ninja, ninja. That is <laughs> always that um, I enjoyed the, 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 the rapport. I try to build their faith and vocations also. I'm very happy about it. I think if I may count, maybe more than five, six became priests. Some became nuns also. Yeah, yeah, that was. And then in the... <coughs> Later, I went to work in the seminar in the uh, postulancy of the Kombonis, in, also in Kisangani. And then there was war in, so in that town in 2000, and then I was forced to come out. So I went to Togo also in the formation house. So in other words, I was staying with the young people and so forth. Yeah. So in a way, that was the journey linked with the accompanying people who are building their life and building their vocations and uh, I believe what I contributed let me call it the good heart it helps to also nourish their faith and uh, to discover their vocation God blesses us always in different ways so he has done to me I believe he does he does it to everybody else that is uh, how we have moved um, so in Togo yes I was um, I was with them in the postulants. But the community itself also was quite, uh, quite good. Cooperation was a bigger community, provincial house, formation house, and many things. So the encounter with the people was never missing in my life. I've never known to live in a small community. I don't know how it will be now. In my smallest community for a short while was when we were sometimes three. But that was, I found it boring. So when we are few, <laughs> but I link it to also my background, family background, because I grew up in a, a large family, a large family. So 
that has remained with me. I enjoy company. I enjoy company. Yes, uh, company. Um, I went to U.S. Um, <coughs> to U.S. in 2003. And that was just one year after the explosion of the issue of the scandals that took place, one year. The, the, the experience of the church, the experience with the people was a bit challenging. The, the church mood was a little timid. It was, uh, uh, it was to call you to care, walk with the care, talk with the care, <laughs> touch with the care. Be attentive, be careful, and that was the mood. And I remember one day, one day the, I was in the, the, our formation house in Chicago, and uh, some visitors came, and there was a young couple, they came with their young daughter and all that, you know? So out of, uh, was a friend, I picked the daughter and carried like this, and one Christian said, oh father, you still carry this, was, you know? It's like, don't touch, don't touch, every priest is bad. That was a terrible mood. And, but it raised to me some fundamental questions. And with this, I thought we needed to make reflections on what it means to be a priest, what is it all that is challenging us today. And that is somehow the question that has arisen in my life all through. Uh, if you allow me, I can share a bit about that. Um, it builds on that. Because also when I was in Congo, if I, I'm sorry to take you back, when I was in Congo, working also with the youth, especially the vocation group, uh, I used to present in our formation program uh, figures from the Bible like uh, Abraham and Moses and then the apostles, um, like Paul, who is like a fire, he's always fighting. Uh, but doing his work with joy and all that, without fear. Uh, these kind of figures, and also history of the church, we have great figures, maybe St. John, Paul II now, and uh, Francis of Assisi, all those great guys in the church we talk about, the great witnesses, let me say. Um, as I was presenting to these people, many times they would ask, but what has made it possible for them to be? What has made it possible for them to be? Yeah. And these are mostly college, university students. So in a way, it came to my mind like maybe education, schools or universities are not offering human formation to, to students. They are being prepared in specific fields as professionals to acquire skills but the aspect of human christian formation that should hold the human person together coherently consistently probably was missing probably was missing that was the question and that has been something that also came out when i was in the u.s in the context of these challenges of the scandal and so forth you know historical moments that are uh, raising questions we don't have answers yeah you know some protestant churches they say jesus is the answer but where is the question we have not found the question <laughs> and those questions were, are still there for me i don't know maybe for you also and i believe it is something that we need to work on 
We need to work on. Because God wants us also to be human, but really human in the right sense and mature. Because it's on our human qualities that even the spiritual can be built. The human is like the good soil upon which the supernatural, uh, the gifts of the God can build and sprout. So that, I believe, is what um, is a challenge today. Mm. I may be mistaken, but it is my deep conviction. Mm. Because if we see around all these issues, people who are very, very professionally correct, and what they do or what we do becomes something else, you know? Issues of corruptions and all these things, because why should somebody who is well prepared do that? Yeah, why? And uh, so that to me is a question. So my mission in life was there and then I came to Nairobi. I came to Nairobi in 2007 in our scholastic aid. We call it is a seminary where we prepare the combined missionaries in the last stage. So I was there for about 10 years. And then in 2018, I I was asked by the Holy See to be the Pontifical Commissary for the Apostle of Jesus. It's a congregation that uh, was founded actually by Comboni missionaries, two of them, Bishop Mazzoldi, the first Bishop of Moroto, and John Marangoni, Father John Marangoni. So I was asked to do um, uh, work with them to address some issues of their life and the congregation. And it is from there that again now I got this new appointment. We have seen you have gone through all these countries mm. serving as a missionary mm. and as a priest. You have met a lot of young people. Mm. Now, what guided you throughout your whole life as a priest? Mm. What guided your focus? Yeah, thank you. I will say I should thank always God because sometimes even when, you know, you get overexcited in what you are doing, it reminds you. Uh, it has always reminded me. Uh, I even remember in Congo, uh, the priest I was with, very holy priest, called Benito, is still there in Congo. He, he always reminded me, be careful with the young, they can also, you know, take your attention away. You know, you go dancing and exp at the end you forget the convent. So, the, listening to the voice, Listening to the voice of those who can, who mean a lot to you. Mm? Even if it is challenging, I think it is important. It is important to learn to listen. I have developed a feeling, also maybe because of the ministry that I've been doing, that listening is what defines who we are. Listening defines who we are. What we listen to makes us to be what we are. You know? When we listen to voices of let me say, um, even professionally, if you listen to the voice of scientists, you become a scientist, I believe, right? Um, but if you listen also to the voice of God, you become man of God. If you listen to the voice of people who mean a lot to you, you tend to share more deeply in what they, they live, you know? So listening, and uh, more than that, um, our faith, our growth starts by listening. The, our connection with God is connected from the 
from the mouth of God to our ears. As St. Paul says, if nobody proclaims to you, how will you know? And so that is where I believe we, are get, we get rooted. And in my approach to the ministry, even with the youth and whatever people, I tend to say, do you, do you learn to listen? And if you ever you listen, what voice do you listen to? Because in our midst today, there are so many voices. There are so many attractions. And they're beautiful. They, are, they may take us. So the moment we begin listening to one kind of voice, it draws our life, our energy, our attention to that direction. And that is what I believe uh, challenges us all the time. To identify what we listen to. And if we love it, I think we get the guidance that is necessary, that is needed. So I believe that is fundamental in what has been. And I will encourage that um, at whatever age we are in, not only the youth, even the old, listening is important. And we must know which we, what voice we listen to. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for that insight, Bishop Elliot. How was your experience when you had the announcement of this such great news as the Bishop of Navy Catholic Diocese. First of all, where were you during that time and what was your experience? I always try to avoid these questions <laughs> because um, there was um, certain unpreparedness uh, when it came, you know when you're being ordained priest, you know all these years <laughs> you're accompanied and it goes like that. Mm -hmm. This one, I don't know the experience of other bishops, how they found it, but it comes with the, it came to me with a, a deep sense of confusion. Uh, confusion uh, of saying, is it true and why is it now? I say now because also the work I was doing, I was really feeling like I'm inside, the direction is clear. You know, you want to be where you know. Yeah. And I, I got lost a bit. And uh, you know, the issue is when it was mentioned to me, I was not to share with anybody. So it's like, remain with it. <laughs> remain with it. Uh, and uh, that is where now you have to really face your self with God, actually with God. There's no way you can say, I'm going to my spiritual, remain with it, don't share with it. So that is an experience that is not uh, ordinary, I would say, not ordinary. But one thing made, I will say, I thank God for, it made me also deepen my commitment in prayer and meditation. What is the ground what is the ground of this life? Hmm. Uh, going to Nebi somehow is like the experience of, um, of Abraham thrown into a land he doesn't know. Uh, I know it by name. The experience as such are still to define. What it means to be a bishop, I know bishops, but the experience is still there. And uh, that's why when people say Bishop elect, I still have to learn the <laughs> what it means. Mm -hmm. 
I am just, I'm just at that level. It came with a, a, a deep sense of confusion. And uh, sometimes also I felt like Prophet Isaiah. I'm a man of impure lips. I live in a society like that. All those prayers came in. My encouraging um, uh, figure uh, has been and is still the Blessed Virgin Mary because I looked at her experience like my own. Because when I heard it, it was like, I have to try to go somewhere, <laughs> leave this common context and go somewhere where I can, you know, find clarity and uh, distract myself with work and uh, something of the kind, and I did that. So the announcement was, it found me in a, in a, a, a prayerful moment. I knew the date, I knew the hour, because I was told on such a day at this hour that will be announced. So some minutes before I went to the chapel and I said, let me wait, praying. At one o'clock of that day, 31st of March, I was in the chapel three minutes ago. And it was a quiet chapel. And uh, I was there. So as they announced, the two minutes after, you know, Sometimes you journalists are terrible. The, <laughs> I, I received a call. Congratulations, I pretended. What about this? <laughs> and uh, I said, how do you feel? We have got the breaking news. You know, I think from the Vatican site, mm -hmm. they always send it timely. Yes. And then I said, yeah, she's still here. Can you give me a bit of time to, to recollect? I don't know what to say. So it got me in that mood. Okay. So... That's how it came. And after that, of course, there was always calls, messages coming from all over. Yes. What does such surprises teach the young people? Surprises, what we can learn from it. Um, you see, what, is what was surprising me is not something that is empty. It was not something empty. Uh, I believe it was a struggle to master what it entails to be. And that was, I think, what created the confusion or the surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in the context of faith also, it means uh, many things will surprise us, but we don't lose sight that God is in it. So should not lead one, lead one into confusion of darkness, of frustration, despair. It's not in that sense. We know it is going to come. But only that you don't feel ready. Yes. You don't feel ready. You need to... You will say, God, can you give me a little more time to clarify something of the kind? Yes. So there is that kind of surprise. I hope it makes sense. So um, in that way, that's how it went. Yeah. Now, Bishop Elect, what is your advice to the young people who are descending their vocation? Mm. The advice to young people, you have descended yours. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, because uh, your experience may also help here. Um, I always think more and more that to grow, to grow, is 
to listen. I come back to that. Mm. To listen. And uh, I believe God has always reminded us, listen Jerusalem. Listen, listen Israel. It is Yahweh's be. Listen. My advice to young people, there are many, many, many voices. Okay? Many voices. Um, if this is the last message that you want me to give, uh, I will associate it now with the management of social media. The management of the social media. Uh, you see, even after my appointment here, I was somehow taken up by saying, what can I find out from uh, online or social media? What it entails to be a bishop? At the end of the day, I was finding that I was spending quite some time eh, <laughs> on, the, on the media. And uh, I believe that <coughs> this media thing, good as it is, it takes our time. It takes our time. Maybe one can also do personal account of how much time he spends or she spends on the media and what, for example, site. What are the things that we are looking at and things like that. Hmm? And in this sense, I will say, if one can learn to fast, fast from the social media thing, because <laughs> if you go to public places, eh? <laughs> I always joke now, because it's like even adults have not left their toys. <laughs> even we adults, we have not left our toys. Uh, you always find... I, I went for Mass a couple of days ago. As soon as we finished the Mass, uh, you see, people just pull out the... the, the, the <laughs> checking, I don't know what. But I can imagine when one is alone. You go in public places, one must... I think it takes time. And again, we don't know what material we are connected with. Yes. Thank you very much, all our viewers, for being on. And we love to appreciate all of you. You can continue sharing the video to very many people so that the message can reach out to very many people out there. We have been with the Bishop-elect of Nebi Catholic Diocese. Congratulations upon your appointment as the Bishop of Nebi Catholic Diocese and we wish you good luck and blessings upon that. It's been me, Alineto Victor, the host, and we wish you a blessed day. Thank you.